The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect that of the staff and management of Good Karma Brands, but are the sole responsibility of the hosts and guests of this particular show. America may have many, many days, but they will be full of trouble. There will be no rest. There will be no tranquility in this country. Until a nation comes to terms with our problems. Bringing you social and political commentary from his mouth to your ears. Breaking down the issues which matter to you. You are not put here to be a white man's footstool. You are put here to represent the very best in God's world. Legendary civil rights icon, the Reverend Jesse Jackson in the studio. Reverend Jackson, how are you? Mr. Reverend, good morning on this chilly Milwaukee morning. And I am pleased to have one of the founding members of the Black Panther Party, Chairman Bobby Seale. Mr. Chairman, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. From Mr. Eric Holder. Mr. Holder, so good to see you. How are you? Well, I'm fine, man. How you been? It's been a long time. Haven't seen you for a while. The Dr. Cornell West. Dr. West, how are you, sir? My dear brother, you're so kind. You're so generous, though, man. But I salute you and the work that you were doing there. Doing a magnificent job there, Wisconsin. Stream live on 1017thetruth.com. Call in with your questions or comments. 833-212-1017. Join us on social media at 1017thetruth. It may not be what you expect to hear, but I will definitely give you what you need to know. Are you ready for the truth? I want the truth you can't handle the truth now live from the american family insurance studio at the avenue in the heart of downtown milwaukee here is sherwin hughes good morning welcome to the program today is thursday february 22nd 2024 i want to talk about some unintended consequences of you know things that we see and notice and talk about every day well sometimes there is a story behind the story we have some revolving themes on this program of course we talk about politics we talk about policy what do people want what do you want your government to do And how do you take the things that you want your government to do and then make your government do those things? So we vote or as like Tuesday, some of you don't vote. Well, there's unintended consequences to that. You are always competing against a cohort of people who are very, very invested in this democracy. Sometimes they're invested with their money. They'll contribute to candidates. They will give the money to the candidate. They will implement laws and policies and execute the law in a way that they seem favorable. You have some people that are very invested in the system with their time. There are people that volunteer for campaigns. They go and they knock on doors and they do all sorts of things for candidates, et cetera. You're always competing against those people. They are invested. They are going to vote. They're going to want their votes to count. All too often, the people that have the most to gain that have lost the most, that are in the worst, most desperate situations, do not include participating in our elections as a part of a solution to their problem. And quite honestly, I really understand because what people need is immediate. They need immediate relief. They want to feel safe immediately. They need more money immediately. They need their debt dissolved immediately, not in four years. And so if voting 
in an election does not solve an immediate problem, then why would you vote? I totally get that. But again, there is there's unintended consequences from that because the people that need less vote more. Isn't that ironic? The people that need less, like their basic fundamental needs are met. They got a roof over their head. They have a car or two. Their kids probably go to private school. The tuition is paid. These people are going to vote in every single election. And those are also some of the people that are going to contribute heavily to political candidates. And so what happens over time, the people that need the absolute most, that have the most to gain, participate less and less and less. And the people that need the least participate the most. And then you get this stratification of our elected officials And then when you survey the landscape, you see you have a large share of elected officials that are doing work for those that need nothing and are not doing very much work for those that need the most. These are the unintended consequences of scattered participation in our elections. Now, this is not any kind of a public service announcement to get you to go and participate. You guys already know whether you want to vote or not, what political party you're affiliated with, et cetera, et cetera. But just giving you guys an idea of some of these unintended consequences or maybe the consequences that oftentimes go unexamined or are unexplained. Another recurring theme on this program, we talk about the driving. People drive recklessly. Cars are being stolen. Property is being damaged. If I took a survey of you all and asked you how many of you have seen or probably been a part of in one way or another, a high speed chase, the number of you that have witnessed that probably staggering. I'd imagine those of you that have witnessed a high speed chase where someone is fleeing law enforcement. It's been relatively recent. I cannot recall like 10 years ago or 15 years ago where I was driving on a road and had to get out of the way because of a high-speed chase. But I do remember the last one. I was riding with my guy, Keith. Keith got a big old Lexus. He got a Lexus, a LS400, the big one, the big body. And we on State Street. I don't know where we was going. And we see a black SUV. We're going westbound. The black SUV was going eastbound at a very, very high rate of speed, but it was in our lane. So Keith was driving and he takes that big body Lexus and he drove it up on the curb to get away from this vehicle that was approaching us at a very, very high rate of speed in our lane on State Street. We was between like 50th, like 48th and 52nd and State Street over by Spitfires, this little bar over there in that area. And this vehicle is coming toward us very high rate of speed in our lane. So he puts the Lexus on the curb and I'm glad that there was nobody on the sidewalk because they would have been killed as quickly as got the, as, as he got that vehicle on the curb. And then maybe two or three seconds later, while well, it tells the law enforcement, boom, 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 like five or six of them. I was totally blown away because had that situation been different 
had he not been attentive, had he been distracted or looking at his phone or talking to me, well, this would be a very different conversation we'd be having right now. In fact, we probably wouldn't be having it at all. So that is just one example of a high-speed chase that I was witness to. I'd imagine you guys have probably witnessed plenty on your own. So driving and reckless driving and car thefts and just in general crime is something that we discuss a lot. An unintended consequence of that is car insurance rates. And I don't know what you guys pay. I know what I pay. And I know that that rate has gone up even though my driving record has gotten better. I don't really get a lot of tickets. I don't get stopped very much, mostly because I don't drive. I'm not in my vehicle that much, right? The more you're in your vehicle, the more miles you put on, the more likely it is that you're going to get into an accident, the more likely it is that you're going to get a ticket, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm not in my vehicle all that much. I don't drive many miles per day, per week, or per month. So that would explain why the likelihood I'm going to get into an accident or a fender bender is low just based upon the the amount of time that I'm in my vehicle. But I got a story here that talks about car insurance rates that have gone up astronomically for everyone all over the country. So as we are trying to navigate our way through, how can we make our roads safer? And we are willing to invest in it. If there's one thing I want you to know about how your government works, local government, when I say local government, I mean specifically city of Milwaukee, where you have a mayor, where you have alder persons, where you have a three person municipal court. And even county government is local where you have county supervisors and a county executive and a circuit court system. Those are the three branches of government. The three branches of government, they exist everywhere at the local level, at the state level, and of course, at the federal level where you probably learned about it first. The Supreme Court, the legislature, which is the two houses of Congress, the U.S. Senate, which is the upper house, the lower house is the House of Representatives, and the executive, that is the president. Well, we still have those three branches of government that exist even, even locally. But your government knows how to respond. We said reckless driving was a problem. They changed the whole layout and the format of streets in the city of Milwaukee. They've reduced lanes. They put in protected bike lanes, haven't they? Bus lanes. So now where there used to be two lanes or three lanes, there's only one. Certain places over by the east side, if you're driving in one direction, traffic that's going in the other direction is in your lane. Then a whole bunch of traffic calming measures. And we have spent millions and millions of dollars on that. So don't think that all is lost. If we just stay focused on what an issue is, the government will respond. Car insurance rates have gone up all over the country. So this phenomenon of car accidents and car thefts is not just a Milwaukee thing. It's actually a national thing and it's having an impact on people's pocketbooks. So I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I want to talk about the increase in people's car insurance rates and then what we can do other than re-engineering the streets in the city of Milwaukee and providing lower-cost driver's education, what can we do? And we talked about this last week. You guys said you want more police officers for traffic enforcement. So we're going to explore that and the unintended consequences of policing in America. I think this is going to be an interesting program. Hope you stay tuned for it. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 FM. I'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Box.com. If you pay for car insurance, you've probably noticed that rates are really high lately. And if you've noticed that, you're not alone. According to the CPI, that is the Consumer Price Index, that is the government's method for tracking what people are paying for goods and services and how those prices change over time, it was noted that the price of car insurance was up more than on average now, 20%. Over the same time last year, what's particularly painful is that rates were already rising. CPI reports have shown that overall car insurance rates are up more than 38 percent since January of 2020. So what's going on? The big insurance companies have been relatively quiet about what's driving up rates. Some of it, I think, is probably greed. I wouldn't doubt that. Inflation is definitely a big part of the equation. Everything now costs more, including cars and car repairs, and insurance companies are passing those costs on to consumers. But industry insiders and experts say there are a few under-the-radar or unintended consequences that are driving car insurance rates up, and they relate to the subjects that we're about to dive into right now. So it's of particular interest in Wisconsin because by law you are required to have car insurance. So insurance companies obviously know that. So just with that fact alone, they can engage in in what is called price fixing. Now price fixing is illegal, but if you know that in a particular state, a service is required by law and everyone has to have it, then all of the insurance companies can raise their rates collectively and still remain competitive with one another. What happens is, Just more money comes out of our pocket, out of our disposable income because we have this mandatory, mandatory via state law requirement to have car insurance. And when you look at incomes across like demographics, African-Americans have less disposable income. We're not broke, but we have less disposable income to buy other goods and other services. So if a disproportionate amount of your money is going to car insurance and car insurance rates are going up. That means that we have less money for other things, including supporting black businesses for too often. I'm do a little side note on black businesses. It's, I hate that we make it seem like charity work. And maybe this is just me. When someone has got a yell from the mountaintops, I'm a black owned business, support black owned business, go to a black owned business. I, I make it a point to shop at a black-owned business. Why don't we just make it a point to be consumers, buying the things that we want, buying the things that we need at places that are going to give us the best price, the best value, and the best service? Included in that, because I think that's how most people shop. I don't care who owns the business. If I don't like the product, the service, or I don't think I'm getting value, I'm not shopping there. And I just hate to tell you all that. Because if I'm a black person who has less disposable income than a billionaire, don't I got to be smarter with my money? Don't I want to try and get the most for my money? I want good service. I want good value. I want a good product. 
if that business that I'm buying whatever from is black, fantastic. Wonderful. But if it isn't, I don't want to feel guilty. I'm also not into buying stuff that I don't want or don't need. Because if I'm buying something from a black-owned business and I'm just buying it because it's a black-owned business, then that's just charity. Then I might as well just give them the money because if I'm not going to use the product or the service and I'm just if I just want to support them because they're a black-owned business, I'll ask them, like, hey, what's your We Energies bill? And I'll just pay that for you because isn't that the same thing? Because then I just give them the money and they can the product that I was going to buy, they can just sell it to somebody else. But I don't want our businesses to be looked at like charity because I see it way too often. The way people post about their black businesses on social media, I'm a black business. Please support. You got to support black owned businesses. And I don't know if it's my algorithm. The things that the Internet decides it wants to show me repeatedly When I do see things about an African-American owned business, which are the backbone of our community, it's another dessert restaurant or somebody got cakes and pies. Everybody got banana pudding and peach cobbler restaurants and chocolate cake, German chocolate cake. The only person that needs to be selling desserts is Mr. Dye's Pies. That's it. We need to diversify what we sell to people. We're selling type 2 diabetes. Am I being too harsh? Thank you, Rhea. You're my my moral compass sometimes because you get offended by a lot. I got some relationship, men and women stuff that I'm not even going to touch today because I know you'll be hot. You'll be hot as a piece of dynamite if I get into this stuff. Why are you shaking your head? Women marry who they can. Men marry who they want. Nope, we're talking about I'm talking about cars and high-speed chases. Jim Tolkien from the auto show is going to be in studio on Monday at 11 a.m. He is the chief executive officer of Adam, the Automotive Dealers Association of Mega Milwaukee. You guys know I like cars. I'm trying not to buy a car. My credit's so good, I could just go to the auto show and just buy a car with my credit. What's wrong with the car you got? I don't know. Sometimes I get sick of cars after a while. I like the Volt now. I like it. You know how you outgrow a vehicle? I'm a modest fella, you know, and I have I have a modest car. I used to have fancy, flashy cars. Now I just got old Chevrolet Volt. Don't nobody pay attention to it. It's sure enough don't get stolen. I could leave my Chevy Volt windows down, keys in it, and the Kia boys would be like, ugh, I'd rather not. They turn their nose up in my vehicle. Just like I could probably walk around naked and not get sexually assaulted. What? I probably could. <laughs> I could leave my Chevy Volt running, windows down, with a sign in the window saying, take me, please, and nobody would take it. I could walk around wearing nothing but some flip-flops and a little birthday hat, butt naked, and with a sign on my back saying, sexually assault me, please, and people would be like, no, thank you, sir. Yucky. We will not. One reason car insurance rates are what's driving car insurance rates up became much more dangerous during the pandemic. People started engaging in risky behaviors like speeding and using their phones while driving more. Did we really do that during the pandemic? Says one reason rates are up is that driving became much more dangerous during the pandemic. 
people started engaging in risky behaviors like speeding and using their phones while driving more. So this article comes from Vox. And I think that we were speeding and doing dangerous things before the pandemic. Here's what I found. This is my personal anecdote. Your situation may vary. I'm distracted when I'm in my car. Okay, I get in my car and it's everything is digital. The display is digital. The speedometer is digital. I got a little battery meter. It's digital. I got a screen. I got a touch screen. On the touch screen, I've got my music. Um, my phone is connected. I got an app for the weather. All this stuff. I got my text messages. There's like a push button, like a touch screen thing, or I can get on my text message. I even can respond to text messages via the screen that's on my driver's display. It's a lot going on in my vehicle. I am distracted. There was a period of time, and I remember driving for years before I even had a cell phone, before there were cell phones in just about everybody's vehicle or everybody's pocket. There was less in-car distraction that's got to play a role. Do you know how many times I've been, and I try to be a very careful driver because the headache of getting to a car accident, oh, it's horrible. Oh, it's so bad. Then you got to talk to the other driver and then you got to get all their information. You got to hope that they have insurance. So for that reason, I try to be a very careful and cautious driver. And even with that intentional effort of me being a careful and cautious driver, there's so much distraction going on in our vehicles all this in-vehicle entertainment, and plus you got the GPS going on, all of these things. As vehicles have gotten more technologically sophisticated, because back in the day you had just some warning lights, um, parking brake light, check engine light, a light indicator that your headlights were on. Like that was it. There was no computer screens and touch screens and all this digital technology in the vehicles. There sure enough wasn't no GPS. I remember if I was going somewhere, and I didn't know how to get there. I had to write directions down on a piece of paper. It's a whole generation of people that do not know what that is like getting written directions. Okay. You're going to go to the sit go and you're going to make, okay. Left at the sit go. Okay. Then you're going to see an old Dodge pickup truck on the side of the road. That's how you know you're going too far. You ever have somebody give you directions and they tell you what to look out for when you have gone too far. If you go, if you see a lady, wearing some high heels and a feather boa, then you, you went too far. Okay, you got to turn around, around the lady with the feather boa on. That's my auntie. A lot of distractions in the vehicles. Probably leading to more inattentive driving. Quote, since COVID, we saw this incredible increase in distracted driving, says Ryan McMahon. He is the senior vice president of strategy for Cambridge Modal, Mobile Telematics. You could almost track it by the day school started to shut down. Oh, that's what it was because of the kids. Maybe they were the ones. I have um, I got an app on my phone. So I, this is my second insurance company that I've been with in the last couple of years. I changed insurance to Progressive. So when I was with Allstate, they track your driving via your phone. You guys familiar with this? The Allstate, they got this app. So you download the Allstate app. That's how you pay your insurance and how you get your, you know, your insurance cards. They're not pieces of paper you keep in your wallet or your purse anymore. Now it's all digital. It's all in the Allstate app. And so they have like this. It's called DriveWise if you have Allstate insurance. I don't know what it's called with Progressive because I don't use it with Progressive. It's called DriveWise. So when your phone is on and the app is running in the background, it monitors your driving. Okay, here's what it checks for. 
if you exceed speeds of 80 miles an hour, it red flags that trip because it measures every trip. So when you get in the vehicle, turn the vehicle on because it activates the GPS in your phone and that activates the app. It's real sophisticated, but it's watching you all the time. So once you get moving, the app is activated. And then once you stop, once you turn the vehicle off, it tracks that trip. And what it'll do, it'll measure if you went over 80 miles an hour, it's going to red flag that trip. Or if what what they call hard braking, if you do any hard braking, it's going to flag that too. And so it communicates your driving habits and patterns to all state. And if you don't go over 80 miles an hour, and if you don't have any hard braking, it'll green flag the trip, and they communicate that to all state as well. Well, if you have a certain number of green flag trips where you don't exceed 80, you don't do any hard braking, let me be clear about the hard braking. It's not very hard braking. It's not hard braking. Sometimes you got to slow down because it's a fool in front of you, so I had to slow down. And then the app just said, oh, you had an incident of hard braking. Now I'm cussing at the app now. But if you have a bunch of green flag trips, you get a discount on your car insurance. But the way in which you have to drive, you have to drive so careful and so cautious. Now it's easy to, I shouldn't say easy. Trying to stay under 80 miles an hour can be a bit of a challenge because there's certain stretches of freeway leading out of Milwaukee County and into Washington County where the speed limit is 70. And 70, if you're going 70, then clearly you got to give yourself a couple few more miles an hour because maybe you're going downhill. Well, now you're going 75. But then you realize as you're going 75, well, I can make good time. And then next thing you know, you're going 80 miles an hour. And then your app starts tripping out because it just flagged your your speed. He's not just speculating, talking about Ryan McMahon, who is the senior vice president of strategy for Cambridge Mobile Telematics. Cambridge Mobile Telematics has access to driver data for millions of drivers who download apps via their insurance companies. Oh, that's the one I was just talking about. That measure things like speeding, hard brake. Oh, that's the other one. It measures when you're on your cell phone. Every time your phone rings and you answer, it flags that trip of you being on your phone. And I think it even flagged when I got a text message. I'm not sure because I'd have a trip where I didn't do any heartbreaking. I certainly didn't go over 80 miles an hour because you can review the trip. It's got a little map of where you went, where you started, where you stopped, et cetera. And it'll have a little like a little flag on it. Oops, cell phone usage. We're going to red flag this trip. You got to use your phone. What if somebody texts you and it's important? What if you're on your way to somebody's house, right? And they text you and say, hey, I ain't home yet or I'm not available or something. You got to text. He's not just speculating. Cambridge Mobile Telematics has access to driver data for millions of drivers who download apps via their insurance companies that measure things like speeding, hard braking and cell phone use while driving. McMahon said that the huge jump they saw in distracted behaviors during the pandemic has not come down since. Maybe not surprisingly, the number of fatal accidents spiked, too. So did the severity of auto insurance claims, meaning cars came in severely damaged and requiring expensive repairs, therefore leading to increases in car insurance. I got a few more things I want to share with you in this article, but then I want to talk about law enforcement and traffic enforcement, because that's the old school way to get people to calm down and to slow down 
and to drive with more attention because if a cop sees you on your cell phone, if you texting on your cell phone, a police officer sees you, they can pull you over, give you a ticket. So we're going to talk about law enforcement. A few other things I want to throw in as today we were talking about some unintended consequences. You all witnessed reckless driving and car thefts, and maybe you've been victims of both of those things, but it makes everyone's car insurance go up, therefore eating into our disposable incomes. You're listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 FM. I'll be right back. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Our phone number is 833-212-1017, There's a AT&T T-Mobile outage. They're talking about it all over. My phone working. I, what do you say, Rhea? I got AT&T Sprint. Yeah, ooh. I mean, Sprint is now T-Mobile. T-Mobile is included in that. Why do you say ooh? You have Sprint and T-Mobile? Sprint was purchased by T-Mobile. I get good service. I've been out. It is not out. It's all the time. No, I got reliable. Sprint used to be trash. It used to be like Tory Lowe's promo. Sprint is trash. Chisholm is trash. Ron Johnson trash. No, it works very good. I've been with Sprint since 1997. Were you born yet? Yeah, Yeah, I was two. You were two. And I had a cell phone Sprint. Back then, you only had two choices. Sprint PCS and Prime co-phones. That was it. Because before that, cell phones were incredibly hard to get. You had to have, like, really, really good credit. Like, really, really good. It was They were hard to get. They would not give cell phones to everybody. But then it became, they called it wireless. Wireless communications. And it made it much easier for the masses to get cell phones. That was back even before they had night and weekend minutes. We paid 10 cents a minute. I think there was, like, a monthly fee plus 10 cents a minute. But it was worth it. But, yeah, I've been with Sprint. I haven't been with any other company. They treat me good. And whenever, because every now and again, Sprint be tripping. They go into the Sprint store and just start complaining about stuff, trying to get a phone upgrade or whatever. But whenever I threaten to leave, they always come back around. I don't need that. I'm going to go with someone. I'm going to go to U.S. Cellular. Mr. Hughes, what can we do for you? I want this phone instead. Oh, unfortunately, Mr. Hughes, um, your plan does not allow that upgrade. That upgrade will be an additional $14.18 per month. I don't care. I'll go to U.S. Cellular. Okay, Mr. Hughes, I talked to my manager, and it looks like we can get you the phone you're asking for. And I say to myself, suckers, I know how to play the game. I tried that the other day to lower my uh, internet bill, and um, it turned out to be a really nice guy, and uh, I didn't get anything lowered. So. Oh. Who do you have for internet? Spectrum. I would, depends on where you live now. AT&T U-verse has got the 300 megabits per second broadband. I mean, it's turbo lightning fast. And especially if you do like streaming, video streaming, it's turbo fast. I pay $55 a month. Yeah. Yep. And it's not like, of like an introductory introductory price of fifty five dollars a month. It's fifty five dollars a month forever, and it's turbo fast. Like they just my, bought me up to seventy four dollars. I'm one person. That's too much. Yeah, you just 
take a look because they don't have you don't have a contract. A lot of times there's no contract with your internet. They let you just come and go as you so please. Yeah, but I would look into AT and T. Now they're reliable. That's one thing I will say. Now we had a storm. Was it last summer? I can't get it. I don't remember. Last summer, maybe the summer before, where I was out of internet for like five days probably. And the problem is because all my TVs, I got all smart TVs at the house. So my living room TV, bedroom TV, they're all connected to the internet because I got the Roku. I got the Roku TVs. I like the Roku. I got Roku TVs. But here's what your boy found out. So the internet was out. But my cell phone, the cell service still worked, obviously. I could connect my internet smart TVs to my cell phone and watch TV over the internet via my cell signal. Right? You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is, I like this technologies. All right, well, here we go with the conspiracy theories. Draco says the cell phone fiasco may be the beginning of the prophecy false flag events, you think? LOL. No, they wouldn't give us any warning. So there's a there's a movie. It's got Julia Roberts in it and Mahershala Ali and Ethan Hawke. You see it. What's it called? I just I saw it twice. I think it's like Leave the World Behind. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. That movie, that is the foreshadowing of World War Three. If you cut, here's how you do World War Three. You ain't got to bomb us. You don't even got to get your hands dirty. So you're going to start with uh, misinformation. Do you guys know that Fox News, they've been covering the whole fiasco with Burisma, Hunter Biden, and Joe Biden, saying that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, they took bribes from Burisma, all this other stuff. Do you know that the, an FBI informant, was arrested because they made the entire story up. That he, I'm sorry, he didn't make it up. It came from Russian intelligence. They told one of our informants here for the FBI that Joe Biden and his son took bribes from this Ukrainian company called Burisma. It was all made up by Russia, and Fox News believes it. So I need you to understand what World War III is going to begin with. It's going to begin with Russia influencing conservative media and turning you all against our political leaders. It's going to come from an outside source. They are going to influence American media. That's the first thing that's going to happen. The next thing is if you cut off our communication, Americans need just the slightest push over the edge for us to turn on one another. Another country would not be very successful coming here and bringing troops because America is like a fortress. Our airspace is very protected and we're pretty isolated. You know, they're, they're not going to roll an army through the southern border because we know how monitored that is. And Canada is also locked by oceans on both sides. So it's going to be real hard to, to attack us from the north. All Americans need is a reason or misinformation to hate one another. And there's here's the other thing about the guns. There's so many guns in this country that we could literally destroy ourselves and another nation could just watch. I have never in my life seen a people so content to hate one another about literally everything that we are. I don't even think we realize how vulnerable we are to go into war with one another. That's that is exactly what will happen. But when I heard that and I'm watching, you know, other media outlets that never bought into the whole Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Burisma thing. Fox News covered like like hundreds of hours of coverage to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden 
taking a bribe from Burisma. Now, Hunter Biden did sit on the board of this company, but the bribe thing and the money that Fox News was going on and on and on and on and on about was a lie made up by Russia, and we believe it. Fox News will be the centerpiece and the cornerstone of why America has a civil war. Why people find it credible. You know what really breaks my heart? When people that are smart, that are intelligent, hear stuff on Fox News and they take it as gospel and they spread it all over the place. That is Russia doing that. And it just, it frightens me because all this information we have, all this technology we have is making us literally dumber. There's no critical thinkers anymore. Nobody is thinking critically. Kids that do stuff, because if you somebody that doesn't think of the consequences of what they do, oh, I'm just going to go out here and commit this crime, or I'm going to steal this car, or I'm going to whatever, shoplift, whatever the case may be. That is someone who has the inability to think critical. When it's the child, that's a little different because you can show them and teach them like, hey, there's consequences to your actions. You need to really think about this before you do it. But when it's adults, grown adults with responsibilities, grown adults, that are paying bills and going out to work every single day when they don't have critical thinking skills, our society is falling apart and you can't argue with me. I'll give you statistics all day long. If I can't tell the story, I'll let the numbers paint the pictures for you. Our society is falling apart and people are wondering like, why are the kids doing so bad in school? We put some of the blame on MPS, but the other part is the parents are equally as ignorant. If you can't read, You can't teach your kids to read, period. If you can't do math, and a lot of you can't, your kids was home for two years because of the COVID, and the kids had homework. Kids couldn't exactly go ask the teacher how to do the homework. It's 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, and the kids is doing the homework. Mama, can you help me with this? A, B, C squared, X squared root, 93rd to the 38th power. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I can't do that. Can't teach the kids if you don't know yourself. And if you're wondering why children need to know math, I know my thing was when I didn't understand real complicated math when I was in school, I was like, when am I ever going to need this? Every day, every single day, every day you need math. But why do you need all this complicated math? It teaches you to have a deep level of thinking about very complicated subjects and problems. There is not an algebra problem that I got when I was in school that was more difficult than figuring out a life problem. So when you know and have the mechanisms to figure out something that's really challenging, I'm talking about overwhelming. I'm talking about daunting. And it might be a math problem. You know what? I used to hate word problems. Oh, I couldn't do it. Billy and Johnny and Susie are sitting on a tree branch. Billy weighs half as much as three quarters as Johnny and a tree branch can only hold 219 pounds. How much does Billy weigh? I'll kill Billy. That's he weighs nothing. Because Billy's ass fell off the tree because I sniped his ass. I'll write that down. Teacher, when you can't say this, that's not appropriate answer. Shut up, teacher. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 FM. Yes, leave the world behind. If you guys haven't seen it, what y'all doing this weekend? Other than going to the auto show. If you got a little time, if you want to do a Netflix and chill, if you have the Netflix, 
watch Leave the World Behind. It's a very, very good movie, but you got to pay attention to it now. You got to put your phone down. You can't be talking throughout the movie. You got to watch it. That movie is foretelling what World War III would actually look like, but it's really, really good. And there's weird sexual tension between Mahershala Ali and Julia Roberts. It was weird. I thought they was going to hump. There was, yeah, because they was in the basement dancing. And they got drunk. And I was like, oh, snap. He's going to put that chocolate on Julia Roberts and turn her ass out. Go have her growing an afro and getting lip injections and stuff. No, but leave the world behind. Uh, thank you. Who said that to me? Good life. Thank you for And Rhea, thank you, too, because you knew the title of the movie as well. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. Don't touch that dial. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. We are talking about these unintended consequences. The reckless driving and the car thefts has led to really a nationwide increase in car insurance rates, not just here in Wisconsin, but all over the place. In fact, since 2020, on average, car insurance rates have gone up 38% in the last year or so. They've gone up about 20%. The article says, while drivers were getting more dangerous, law enforcement in many parts of the country began pulling back on traffic safety enforcement likely due to COVID-related staff shortages and criticisms over racial bias following the murder of George Floyd. Traffic enforcement has always always been a deeply imperfect mode of safety enforcement, one that leaves black drivers susceptible to racial bias from law enforcement, but it's also one of the factors insurance companies use to determine an individual's rates. Quote, ultimately, without traffic violation data, insurers aren't able to accurately assess and underwrite a driver's risk. With the compounding costs from accidents, carriers are now increasing rates for everyone, meaning we are all paying for this problem, says Mark McElroy, executive vice president and head of TransUnion's insurance business. That was said in a recent report. Do you know that your credit score also impacts your car insurance rate? Do you know that? I didn't know that. If you have a lower credit score, your car insurance overall all types of insurance, they can put a premium on you. I don't I don't necessarily like that. Something else I've been very vocal against is when employers look at a credit score to determine your worthiness as an employee. I think that is a way because statistically people of color have lower credit scores. People of color have less disposable income. People of color oftentimes are in more debt. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? So our credit scores are lower. Not mine, no. My credit score, you can eat off my credit score and you can eat good. I got a good credit score. It's real good. It's almost perfect like my smile. Gleam. But it's um, a way in which you can deny somebody employment without getting sued for racial discrimination. You can't say to a person, hi, Got your resume. You did great in the interviews, but we're not just going to we're not going to hire you because you're black. You can't say that. You can think it. But what you can do is say, oh, wow, we're really sorry that we can't extend an offer of employment to you. Your credit score is 650. Sorry, we require a 790 or higher. If you use that strategy, you will deny employment opportunities to a lot of people of color 
probably denying them increased income, denying them promotions, and therefore maintaining their low credit scores because they're applying for a job in which they can get their credit scores up by getting ahead of their debt. You see how that works? So just an FYI for you. Cars have also become more technologically advanced, making car repair more expensive. Think of a car made in 2004 versus a car made in 2024. If the two crashed, the car from 2024 would probably be more expensive to fix because it is more likely to have advanced technology like backup cameras, lane sensors as well. According to one report by industry analysts, CCC, the average estimate for a front-end claim in 2022 was $3,706, up more than 15% over the year before. Vehicles more than seven years old, meanwhile, were over $1,000 less to repair. We have called for additional police officers to do traffic enforcement. Even though it's an imperfect way to slow drivers down, it's effective. I just told y'all when I went to, I went out to the Woodman's, you know, where marijuana is legal. The one in Menominee Falls, I went out there and did my grocery shopping on Sunday morning, you see. And on that stretch of 145, because Fonda Lac turns into 145, it's this north-south connecting freeway. I was zooming, Jack. You hear me? Wasn't no cars on the road. Your boy was getting it. Saw uh, an unmarked. I think it was a state trooper, actually. He didn't pull me over, thankfully. But it got me to slow down, didn't it? You see a cop clocking speeders, you slow down. You know what I noticed a long time ago? I have to tell you on the other side because I got to take a break. The truth was sure when he was to be back for an hour or two, 